Hey everybody, welcome to the Mercy Talk podcast from Mercy Multiplied, where we are passionate about empowering you with biblical principles for growing in mental, emotional, and spiritual health, and equipping you to share those principles with others. I'm Melanie Wise, and joining me on this episode is the amazing Dr. Brooke Hills. Uh, and we, guys, are officially at the end of a series here on Mercy Talk talking about our brains. Uh, We've done a whole series about how God designed our brains to function, uh, the role that our brains play in our own personal growth and healing, but also how our growth and healing impacts our brains. And we have said it from the beginning, but I will say it one last time today. I just think, and especially as we have gone through this series, that it is so important for all of us to actually be growing in our understanding of how the brain works because there's some incredible things that we're learning and um, it will really help you to better understand yourself but it's definitely going to help you understand those in your life those that you love and so man i just feel like this has been a really important topic for us to cover and today we're going to wrap it up by uh, talking about a topic that we've covered many, many, many times on Mercy Talk, the topic of renewing the mind, but we're going to talk about it from a bit of a new angle and talking about what's actually physiologically happening to our brains in this process of renewing the mind, a process um, that the Lord calls us to do in the Bible from Romans 12. Um, I'm excited to kind of just talk about this from a little bit of a new angle today, so let's dive in. There, Brooke. Hey, Melanie. Here we go. That was oh, very no. peppy. It's a very peppy greeting. We're heading into our last episode of this series, and you know, I had so much fun like researching and putting these different outlines together and stuff. Um, but it's also just been fun like recording and talking about. I mean, honestly, again, a topic that we just really haven't done a lot on. Uh, we've done a lot. I'm like, you know, we've done 300 episodes of Mercy Talk. <laughs> You think wow. we've covered it all. <laughs> I don't know. We're like probably closer to 400 at this point. Who knows? But yeah, it's just uh, been a, a whole new thing for us. And, uh, you know, I've done this in every single episode of the series. But on, again, on the off chance that this is the first episode that someone is listening to, I have to say it one more time. Um, as we dive into some of these different topics I just, you know, I just want to be very clear with our listeners that neither Brooke or myself are uh, particular experts in the field of neuroscience. We've learned a lot. I will continue to say Brooke has learned even more than I have, and she lives it every single day. But we are not claiming to be experts in this field. We are just sharing with you all things that we have learned from people who are experts in this field. Um, And as we've said over and over, um, one of our favorites is Dr. Dan Siegel. So much of what we talked about in this series and and what we'll be talking about today as well is from uh, his book, The Whole Brain Child. I will say that the portions of his book that we're going to talk about today connect so much to me. Like as I was reading the chapter over again, read it many times at this point, but with this with this episode in mind, I was just like struck again by how much these concepts we're going to discuss connect with the principles of the biblical principles of taking our thoughts captive and renewing our minds. So I'm really excited to dive into this and kind of draw those parallel or not parallels, but connections. And so Brooke, in his book, Dan Siegel talks about uh, this term that he coined, mind sight. Um, not only did he coin the term, he wrote a whole book on it. I'm not going to lie. Dan Siegel, genius. So smart, 
so smart that yes. I can't yes. actually listen to him. <laughs> I've heard him on podcasts <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know. I can't think as fast as you speak. And the things you speak of are beyond beyond my capacity. So I will say that his books have been a little easier for me to comprehend. Yes. Um, yes. But I will say that this one, this, this, uh, this, I guess, idea of, of mindset, this concept, uh, even the explanation in the book is, is a little bit, it's a little bit complicated, kind of have to, or at least for people like me, I have to read it slowly. So I would love to ask you if you could just give us even like a, you know, sixth grade level explanation of this concept uh, that he shares about. That is a specific grade level. I don't know. Yeah. Just, no, I just, it's the first I, yeah, thing I, will, I will try to do that. I can't no, think like a seventh grader anymore. <laughs> I'm like that's it's, too far. Hey, it's you're too just far. staying ahead of, ahead of your kids. That's all you have to do. <laughs> just stay one grade ahead of yours. Okay. Oh no. Yeah, no, you're right. So I think I know you and I talked about this, but I had another friend of mine cuz you know, I don't just talk about this here. I talk about it in my mm-hmm. life all the time. They had listened to a podcast of um Dan Siegel and Kurt Thompson together and they were literally like never again. Uh, I know exactly what episode you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, just keep reading their stuff. It's like, too it's much. Great. They're yeah, so looks, smart. Yeah. Sometimes, mm. you know, people get together and they just get on a different plane than the rest of us. And uh, yes. anyway, but yeah, so, okay, I will try and do this. And I maybe will stop if we you. do this, mm-hmm. it, yes, you stop mm-hmm. me. And if I do this well, and then maybe people, obviously we're introducing this book for a reason. We think people should read it. So maybe the layers of information will help us all. Okay. So in the book, uh, he describes mindsight as understanding our own mind, as well as understanding the mind of another. Um, and now for our, our purposes, we're going to make, obviously focus on well, not obviously, we are <laughs> yes. going to focus on the understanding of our own minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he uses this model that he created called the wheel of awareness, which feels like very <laughs> ominous. <laughs> it's, the, it's wheel. the wheel of awareness. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, picture, let's do like a bicycle wheel, right? With the hub at the center and the spokes that go out in different directions to the rim. And the rim is anything that we can pay attention to or become aware of. So our thoughts, our feelings, our, the visions we have for our lives, our desires, our memories, our perceptions of the outside world, like our sensation from our bodies, you know, so anything we can think about or feel or see moving forward, right. In like Mm -hmm. vision or dream. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the hub of the wheel is that inner place of our minds where we become aware of all that is happening around and within us. Okay. So this is that executive brain that we talked about, right? The upstairs brain, um, the prefrontal cortex, this, our awareness resides in the hub. All right. So the rim is anything that we can, can pay attention to. The hub is the inner place where we become aware of what we are paying attention Mm to. Okay. Yep. So the basic idea is that we can choose which of the rim points that we focus on and give our attention to. And the ones that we choose to focus on will determine our state of mind at any given moment. 
which maybe this starts sounding familiar. <laughs> we get into <laughs> biblical stuff, right? So this idea of mindsight is that we can actually see what is happening in our own minds and understand that we choose, big word, choose, choose to focus or give mm-hmm. our attention to certain REM points. And we can always return to choose to our hubs so that we can see the big picture and focus on other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so, but if I am walking through life, right, I think there's a tendency and like, you can like line me out on this if I get, um, <laughs> it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks in, in my world. The seriousness of obviously what I deal with is, mm-hmm. is life and death stuff. Right. And so noticing how when we focus on the rim and we're not able to pull back to the hub is where a lot of really unhealthy, mm-hmm. sick things can happen, mm-hmm. right? We, we have to, there's one thing, the hub helps you notice things, pull back and think big picture. Notice, let's pull back and think big picture, right? Um And so, you know, I I think just sticking in line with the book, like there are the REM points as a parent, (laughs) they're like, I am (laughs) tired. (laughs) I don't understand why you can't just do the chores that are written on your board in your room and in the kitchen for you. Uh, That Mm -hmm. may be a little personal. (laughs) you know it's you know and we're like notorious for this like I love making plans with people and then it's like time to do it and I'm like why did we do that and then how that influences you know what I'm processing and how I'm acting in that next moment of the day right or these thoughts of like I need to do more for myself or I wish I did more for myself so these are all rim points on the wheels of awareness. Okay. I'm thinking through like, I don't really want to do that. Or I'm frustrated here. I'm annoyed by this. I'm feeling really tired. You know, you're just kind of all the the stimuli that can come in and the things that we're filtering through. Um, but they determine the state of mind, right? So I have a choice to intentionally redirect to other rim points, right? Of just like, okay, I'm frustrated now. But remember that time that your my child got all A's without me helping him in any way, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that he's come home and done his work or all the other six days that he's done X, Y, and Z without being asked, you know, yes, I'm tired today, but I'm looking forward to this later, or I can plan to get some rest tonight. You know, I, we made all these plans. I don't really want to go now, but every time I feel that way, when we go, we like have the best time. Mm-hmm. Like you can redirect mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. and that they will allow your state of mind to shift. Okay. And to Dan Siegel's point is that he's like, your mind sight is what did this. This is what allows you to shift how you're experiencing and how you're viewing all of these data points on the rim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So to wrap this up, hopefully some of that was coherent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We do not, and I'm going to say it this way too, we are not victims to the sensations, the thoughts, the feelings, the pictures we see, and the thoughts within ourselves. We can decide how we think and feel about our experiences. Now, that doesn't mean to say, let's pick the one that's like, I'm tired, right? If I am tired, then I am tired. You don't go, well, you're not tired. 
right? We're not arguing with ourselves or trying to disqualify how right. we feel. Yeah. It is a shift in, I am tired. Okay, well, how can I plan to get some rest tonight? Because there's something I'm looking forward to that I want to be rested for mm-hmm. the next day. Mm-hmm. Or, right, it should shift into solution, not denial of the problem. It is annoying when your kid doesn't do his chores. Yep, but how do I not allow this to become a filter that I'm functioning through when I can notice, but he's done X, Y, and Z. I know he means well. Let me, sounds like he needs a little bit more coaching. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Let me, mm -hmm. you know, dive in and do that. Um, Or you can just for what it's worth, what is working with my son lately has been, do you need mommy to lecture you (laughs) on why we pick up our clothes? And so I say it like that because he thinks it's hilarious. He's (laughs) like, no, ma'am, I do not. And (laughs) Yeah. Would you like a PowerPoint presentation? And so <laughs> he is then able to shift his mindset and go <laughs> and go do the things. So yeah, I hope was that it is. Okay? It's so funny. Like as you were describing that, I was just thinking about how you know, um, I you know that I like love me a good personality test. Like I love, yeah, I, like I've done all the personality tests and they're so fun. I love learning. And I remember one that I took a few years back. Just it just it's, you know sometimes you'll hear something and you're like. Oh, like that just captured me so well. And I've never had words for that. But I remember a um, some test I took a few years back said that my personality tends to, when things are hard or stressful, catastrophize the future. And I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my word, I do that all the time. <laughs> and as you were like talking about these REM points, when I read that again this time, I was thinking about my how I can tend to just start focusing my attention on all these rim points of everything that's going bad. So it's like when one thing goes bad, it's like I just start focusing on everything that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just so horrible. And then it's just like all is lost. Nothing is good. Right. Everything's falling <laughs> apart. You know, like that kind of thing. Or our lives are just, you know, I'm like, goodness gracious. So this was very helpful for me and in, in just kind of like framing that of like, that's actually what's happening. I am choosing to focus on everything that's not going the way I want it to go. That's a choice. It doesn't mean that those things are not real, as you said, or that they need to be considered or looked at. But I get to choose in any moment what I'm giving my attention to. And so many times I do feel like I give my attention to stuff that is very much out of my control. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. how It's doing me yeah. a lot of good. I don't know if it's doing me a lot of good, you know. I mean, it sure yep. is affecting my state of mind and therefore just my state of well-being <laughs> mm-hmm. in any moment. Yeah, and that's what lots of people have said this, so I don't even know who to give credit for. But it's like we are often focusing on things that are negative or not good or out of our control. And, and the worry with it is how do I somehow strategize myself back into control mm-hmm. versus like letting that go or noticing like, you know, or even putting it in perspective, this is hard right now, but I'm so grateful. I've got, you know, mm-hmm. family that loves me. I've got mm-hmm. these things. I've got my health and like all the stuff. And sometimes you've just got to shift out of that. And I know for me, that's it. Like the problem itself is just, is not great, but it's our desperation to find control, which, you know, we could step into talking about faith if, you know, at any other time, but, but it's usually that. Let me, let me, let me think about all these things so I can pretend that I have control yeah. in any way. 100%. Yeah. I don't, we don't need to talk about that because that will be get way too deeply personally. 
convicting. So we'll just move on. We'll just move on. Um, Okay. That's not what this podcast is about anyway. But it was a really good side note, uh, just for everyone's consideration who's like us. But you know, so when I I read this section again on Mindsight and and the Wheel of Awareness, and I just, I mean, obviously, immediately thought about the concept from scripture about taking your thoughts captive. I'm like, that's, that's literally what he's saying. Pay attention to what you're paying attention to. In the book, Dan Siegel um, shares about what he calls the SIFT strategy. You know, I love a good acronym. <laughs> and it's all about paying attention to what is going on inside of ourselves because there are many parts of ourselves that we can, you know, get to know and, and as he would say, integrate with one another. So he says that we need to learn to sift, S-I-F-T, through the S is for sensations. So bodily sensations, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm excited, I'm whatever. The I is for images, so memories, um, imagination. Uh, the F is feelings. And the T is thoughts. And so, you know, he's like, it's important for us to pay it's important for us to pay attention to our sense, the sensations we're feeling, the feelings we're feeling, the thoughts, the images that are going through our minds, all of those kinds of things, because each of those four things can influence the other. And he would say together, those things make up our state of mind, which I will say, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit trail because we don't have a lot of time to dive into it, but it did make me go, Okay, wait a minute. He's saying our state of mind is made up by these four things. But usually, at least when we talk about, you know, the biblical concept of renewing the mind, I feel like we pretty pretty much tend to really just focus on thoughts. But he's he's proposing that there's these other things that also make up our mind. So I was like, okay, I got to I got to do some <laughs> digging. Oh, did you I go went, look up the Greek word? I went down a rabbit trail. You know I did. You did. Yeah, so I went did. down. Love it. <laughs> That you Come know on. me so well. <laughs> okay. So yes, I pulled up Romans 12 too. I'm like, okay, it says renew our minds. What's the word? What's the original word here? I discovered that it was apparently um, a word pronounced noose. It means, um, it actually means the intellect. Um, that is the mind. And it means divine or human in thought, feeling, or will thought, feeling, or will. So I was like, okay, hold on. (laughs) It's more than just thoughts. To think of our mind just as our thoughts is really kind of only capturing part of it. And I even just looked up the like Webster's Dictionary definition of mind. And it says the element, part, substance, or process that reasons, thinks, feels, wills, perceives, judges, etc. Et so it seems clear. I'm like, okay, so both scripture and our own like, you know, man-made definitions or understanding of the mind define it as thoughts, not just thoughts, but also feelings and will. And I was like, man, I have never even <laughs> considered this. And this makes me just ask a lot of questions because again, when we talk about renewing our mind, we, we typically just think we, we typically just discuss our thought life. Um, but what does it look like for us to not only renew our thoughts, but our, our feelings and our wills as well, like open up a whole new line of thinking for me that I'll just stop now and get back on track. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to, uh, consider, 
that it, it might just be more than just our thoughts but maybe we'll do another podcast on that another time <laughs> yeah i mean there's a there's a lot to unpack there but yes it's not and they're all having a thought is one thing but how what do you feel about that and all the things and also you get to have authority over those things yes they do not have authority over you so anyway Hey everyone, just taking a quick break to tell you about an eight-week discipleship study designed to help you live free and stay free. As you may have noticed from our podcast, we are so passionate about all believers knowing how to walk in freedom and how to access the healing and wholeness that is available to them through Jesus. Mercy Multiplied's Keys to Freedom study takes men and women of all ages and life stages on an interactive journey with God to explore the seven keys to freedom that have proven transformational to countless people within and outside of our Mercy programs. The study can be worked through individually, as a group, or one-on-one, and there are leader guides available for those of you who want to lead others through the study. The testimonies we have been receiving from people going through Keys to Freedom truly have been incredible. So we hope you will consider it for yourself. You can order or get more information on this study at mercymultiplied.com slash keys to freedom. Now back to the show. We'll go back to kind of how we unpack this concept of renewing the minds, Um, especially just even in our keys to freedom study. We talk about the first important step being to pay attention to our thoughts In other words, as Dan Siegel would say, this wheel of awareness. So pay attention to what we are paying attention to, that idea of taking our thoughts captive. And, um, you know, we also unpack how, you know, whenever we go through different moments of pain in our lives, we will often make agreements with the enemy. And so the first really important step in renewing the mind is identifying those agreements that we've made, which again is just the same idea of paying attention to our thoughts. Like what are the agreements that we have made? I need to identify those. I also, we highlight the importance of actually breaking those agreements because we are, you know, in effect bound to those agreements until we actively break them, which, you know, for some people might sound a little weird. Might seem a little out there, but it's not weird. It's not complicated. I mean, it's literally just this idea of like stepping into your authority as a son or daughter of God and just speaking out loud to the enemy uh, in the name of Jesus and just saying like, you know, in, in the name of Jesus, I break this agreement and I declare that God's truth reigns in my life. Um, I always think about how um, I do believe I'll bring in Adam Young here, um, who on one of his episodes on Renewing the Mind, he talked about, you know, how when you break agreement, you're not breaking agreement with God because you didn't make the agreement with God. It's like you're actually speaking to the enemy in this case of just saying I'm breaking this agreement and I'm declaring the truth of God over my life. So I know that's probably like kind of an oversimplification, but ultimately what Dan Siegel calls mindsight, I equate to this idea of taking our thoughts captive, identifying those lies, you know, those agreements we've made, and then taking that step of breaking them. I'm just like, there's, <laughs> we're talking about the same thing here. So yeah, there you go. No, and I don't, I, I don't think, I mean, I think there's a lot of layers, but I don't think it's that complicated. And even if you mm-hmm. look at how he ordered this, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but like the S, right, is sensations, right? Hunger, tiredness, excitement. So it's it's stepping into this place of, okay, I'm having these thoughts, I'm having these feelings, but it's also like, what's going on with your body right now? And it's mm-hmm. also just a full awareness of that. Cause guess what? If I am hungry right now, or if I am very tired, I should not probably be making 
important decisions and having the, you know, self-control to be able to say like, I need to put a pause here. Let me come back to that later. Right. And so that, that gets into like our self-control and our discipline is when we have authority over our own lives or, you know, I haven't had any water all day. Let me go get that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, for me, that's usually the case is I've drank 12 cups of coffee you're irritating me. I probably should go <laughs> hydrate and take a little, take a little jaunt, you know, and just come back <laughs> and we'll come back to this. But how much of, and I'm just from like a leadership standpoint, and, you know, maybe you've experienced this too. It's, it's kind of like, we can feel pressured. Like I need to like make a decision now or like with your mm-hmm. family, like, and it's like, hold up. No, I don't like being able to even just mm-hmm. own our own space, you know? Mm-hmm. So it it can take this further down the road, but I don't think, I don't think you oversimplified it at all. I think this, that's exactly what it is. Mm. So anyway, but in talking about Monsite, you know, Dan Siegel says we direct our attention in a new way. So we're actually creating new experiences that can change both the activity and the structure of the brain itself. Right. So as we know, when we renew our mind, the activity and the structure of the brain changes. Right. So getting into everyone's favorite word, neuroplasticity, (laughs) which is, yeah, which is a good and it's an important word. Again, just if you circle back to the first episode, some some people made it weird, but it's 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 a good and it's the right word. It is is the correct word. You know, Um, I like to point out when it's not, but this is the correct word. And our brain changes based on what we experience and what we give our attention to from in utero. This is what happens friends. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of scientific evidence proving that our focused attention leads to the reshaping of the brain. That's kind of literally exactly how the brain works the whole Mm -hmm, time. mm -hmm. This isn't debatable. I don't really care how you feel about it. This is what it does. Okay. Um, Yeah. We can like watch it happening Mm -hmm. Uh, and the physical architecture of the brain changes according to where we direct our attention and what we practice doing. And so getting into the whole brain child, right. He talks about in animals, you know, when they're rewarded for noticing sound, right. So like hunting, if I'm like training my golden retriever and he, you know, is rewarded for noticing like the duck flying, but he's not running after it. Right. Those are all things that he's, finding, you know, it's, he's going to continue to develop those senses to develop those senses because he's like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to pay attention to. Right. This is where my awareness is supposed to be. And so that part of his brain is going to grow and develop and refine, right. That skill. Same thing. If it was like, this is what you're supposed to notice with eyesight. This is, you know, what we need to pay attention to. And so if you look at that with humans, right? It's like, if you've been through trauma responses, you see people have hyper awareness, right? Their, their brain and their body are like, we're trying to pay attention to everything because we've got to keep you safe. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of an extreme example of how that can be. He also talked about like they did brain scan scans of violinists. That is not an easy word. Violinists. Violinists. I haven't said it out loud girl, many times. For a girl life. from, yeah, yeah, Louisiana to say. Uh-huh. So, huh. um, you know, but just I guess I've never said that she plays the violin is probably how I would would not say she is a violinist anyway uh, uh, yeah. good point 
Yeah, mm. but you know, those brain scans showed that there were was dramatic growth and expansion in regions of the brain that represent the left hand, um, which has to finger the strings precisely. That's um, so crazy. I know. And you can look at it too, like when you work with kids on like um, gross motor and fine motor development, right? That is all working out in the brain body connection. Um, and it's amazing. And I think the coolest one, which I really appreciate, right? The hippocampus, which is like vital for spatial memory, which by the way, like my visual spatial is not great. Not great. Uh, really good at a lot of stuff. That's not it. I blame. That's why I don't know where states are. Um, I don't <laughs> know that that has anything to do with it, but I'm just, yeah, you know, but the vision, the, the part of the hippocampus or the hippocampus, which is part, uh, the part for, uh, spatial memory is enlarged in taxi drivers. And I'm just like, of course, it's it, like so your whole crazy. existence is I need to get through this day through all of these obstacles and not hit anything, you know? And that's why like strategy and thinking through and, but actually the doing of that, you know, shifts and changes the brain. And I think that's just really cool. I loved that whole, I loved those, um, I guess, examples or whatever that they shared. Cause I'm like, you know, it's easy for us to just kind of say, this is like, oh yeah, in theory, what you give your attention to your brain. No, they're like, there's like proof of this. They see this in brain scans of yeah, those who play the violin or taxi <laughs> drivers or animals like they actually have seen this in brain scans that what they yeah. have focused their attention on has shaped their brain so like there is not a lot of we can't really push against this idea like it's this is how it, like you yeah. said this is how it works well and it should be good news like i don't know why anyone would be bothered yeah. by this because yeah. it's like great you ha that's underdeveloped let's develop it because there are ways to do that. And even just at a basic level in this, what I love about the whole brain child is even the way that you ask questions activates different parts of the brain, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And helps develop that for other people or for your kids or, you know, people you're working with. And so that should be exciting because it likes it, you know, your brain's like, what do you want to do? Let's mm -hmm. do it, but let's do it really efficiently and really well. So if you're going to be super unhealthy with it, it's going to ride that wave with you. If you want to be really healthy with it, it's going to ride that wave with you. Mm -hmm. And But again, we have the authority to make that decision. So just kind of closing this particular loop, where Dan Siegel goes with all of this is that by choosing where to direct our attention, we can go from being influenced by factors around and inside of us, right, to actually influencing those factors ourselves. Mm -hmm. And he has a quote that's really good that says, when we become aware of the multitude of changing emotions and forces at work around us and within us, we can acknowledge them and even embrace them as part of ourselves. But we don't have to allow them to bully us or define us. We can shift our focus to other things so that we are no longer victims of forces seemingly beyond our control but active participants in the process of deciding and affecting how we think and feel. And that's a really good. That says it. <laughs> yep. That's it. There you go. Have a good day. We everybody. did all of this just to tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, oh man. And that well, just makes me so happy. I know. know. And again, I just think like, this is, this is, I know I sound like such a broken record. And if you've been listening to this whole series, you're like, okay, Melanie, you've made the point. But I'm just like, this is why it's so clear to me 
that the Lord is serious about this idea of renewing the mind and that he actually created our brains so that their physical architecture could be changed by what we direct our attention to and what we practice doing. Like he's the one who created neuroplasticity. So when the Bible says we should renew our minds, he made them capable of doing that. Yep. And so, you know, we, the way we often will capture this idea when we talk about it at Mercy or in Keys to Freedom, we take, we talk about it um, kind of like hiking trails, like that our thought patterns are, are, our neural, neural pathways are kind of like hiking trails. So, you know, the more a trail is used, the more you walk down a trail, the more established it becomes. But if people were to stop walking down a trail, eventually over time, it would disappear. It doesn't disappear overnight, but eventually, you know, if it's not walked on, it will disappear. And so, you know, the trails of our thought lives have just been like well-used, well-worn, well-walked on, if you will, over the years. So the only way to actually redirect those trails is to stop walking on them and start creating new ones by, you know, walking in a different direction. So as we said, we break agreement with the lies. We stop walking down those old paths and we replace those lies with truth. And we start walking down the new paths by speaking those truths out loud on a regular basis. And as we do that, you know, as Dan Siegel might say, as we direct our focus towards truth, our physical brains will change. There's loads and loads of proof of this. This is how he made it to work. Our minds will be renewed. Our brains will change. So again, I just, I'm like, is there any clearer tie between neuroscience and the word of God than this? I just feel like it's the perfect tie. Brooke, as we begin to you know tie up this series any final thoughts any final words man i yeah i think more than anything what i run into kind of two different ways of you know how people approach this right is that they either feel so overwhelmed by their thoughts and feelings that they feel out of control Mm -hmm. or they've gotten healthy but they hit that point that for example you know got somebody who's like who's never been free from substances more than six months. So when we get into month six and seven, he's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know why I'm freaking out. It's like, well, you've never lived knowingly in your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You've never been this far along without it. And so, you know, there is a thing of like your body and brain are like, I don't, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. Are we just still, you know, are we still doing these things and you've got to lean in. Right. Or the other side of it is I just feel so victim to my thoughts and feelings. And the number one thing is if you go through this whole deal, this whole episode or this whole series is that you have to accept the truth of, I do have authority in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other thing is, is if you feel so out of control in those moments, making sure that you have people. And even if you don't, right. But making sure you have people in your life that you can talk to about this. If you think that you're, uh, you feel victim to your thoughts and feelings and you're going to just figure that out in your own mind, now, because you've listened to this podcast, like that is not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's got to be somebody that's like, okay, let's think this through. What are our other perspectives? How can I help me reframe some of these things? Because I'm aware this isn't great. I just don't know what to do. Right. right? And they can sit with you, whether that's a you know close friend or a mentor or a counselor or a family member, just allowing people to even speak into their perspective. And you don't have to live and die by what they say, but take seeking wise counsel and being willing to consider that. And just that act 
will change how your brain is engaging mm-hmm. in things, mm-hmm. right? It will take authority of just like, oh, wait, this feels weird. I'm going to check in with my friend, Sam. And Sam says, you know, see what he has to say about it. And then I'm going to consider what Sam said. That alone, you're pausing those thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're reconsidering them. And 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 that that is allowing your brain to shift and think through things differently. So I hope you hear me say, like, even if it's super overwhelming, there are just small, tiny things that make a big, big difference across the board with how you're functioning with this. Which I'm so glad that you're mentioning that because... You know, I've said this at the beginning of every single episode that this these understandings are not just for yourself, but also for you and your relationship with others. And it's almost kind of like a whole nother area that we didn't do much of a deep dive in uh, in this specific series, just about um, how it, within relationship, I'm thinking about like things that I've learned about mirror neurons and just the attachment and all of the things that happen in our brains in the context oh, of yeah. relationship. <laughs> so actually that's a good teaser because I really do hope that in uh, at some point in the near future, we will also do a deeper dive uh, into some of those things. But we have dropped it throughout this series and I'm specifically thinking even just like the third episode of the series where we talked about how important it is and how much of a role and impact that we were going to have on one another as well in that development and in the health of, um, of our, of our brains. And so I, uh, hope that you have enjoyed this episode, that you've enjoyed this entire series for that matter, uh, that has been helpful, that has been insightful. Uh, this wraps up our series on the brain and Brooke, it's been so fun since we did not have you in the second series of this year. It's been very fun. To have you back. It has been so good. Yeah, <laughs> we um, have already started working on our next podcast series, friends, and I'm really excited about it. That's going to be released um, in the first portion of next year. So definitely stay tuned uh, to us here on Mercy Talk. And meanwhile, as always, if the content in these podcasts has been helpful for you, we'd be so grateful if you'd help us out uh, by rating the show, writing a review wherever it is that you listen. And if you have any thoughts or questions about anything we've discussed, or if you'd ever like to share your ideas for future podcast topics, we are all ears. So let us know by emailing us at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. And to find out more about Mercy, you can head over to mercymultiplied.com and also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you.